Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome along to the Outlawed Rugby League podcast. My name's Mark. Uh, this is my first time doing a podcast. Uh, episode one, my two cents. Um, you need to grab yourself a beer. My beer of choice this week is Budweiser. Grab yourself a beer, get on board. Now, first of all, apologies if you do hear a little bit of snoring. That is my dog, Bear. Uh, Bulldog, uh, he's just nodded off. Uh, so I thought I'd jump on this um, and go with, uh, go with week one. Um, looking at doing a bi-weekly podcast, so every two weeks. Um, obviously, if if you guys like it, you know we could move to a weekly thing, and then we can we can sort of take it from there. But yeah, I want to talk about rugby league in and out, up and down, national, international, local, whatever you guys want to talk about. I want to talk about, and I just want to put in my two cents on the world of rugby league. So, as I say, my name's Mark. I uh, played a little bit of rugby in my time. Um, originally from, from Newcastle in the United Kingdom. Uh, now living down in Nottingham. Um, in between, played at what was then known as Gateshead Thunder. Um, down to Sheffield Eagles. Um, played for Scotland under-18s. Um, and played a couple of times for, for my local team, which is Nottingham Outlaws. Big shout-out to them. Big inspiration from them for the podcast. Um, I think the last two times I played for the Outlaws, I got concussion. So, yeah, so not not been the greatest of times with them guys, but some really really good stuff going on. Um, looking to do a podcast with those guys. Looking to do a podcast about those guys. Um, and sort of really seeing you know kind of what what the games like outside the Heartlands. Um, so that you know, stay tuned for that one. If you guys like it, share it. If you don't like it, still share it. Um, but yeah, let's go. Episode one. So I know I've come a little bit late to the party uh, when it comes to rugby league podcast. However, um, there are some really big things happening in rugby league right now. So that's why I kind of wanted to start. Got a lot of inspiration from rugby league in America podcast. Big shout out to them guys. Um, and I just, like I say, there's, there's so much going on in rugby league right now. So much going on. A lot of negativity um, in the media, a lot of negativity um, in-house, which surprises me, but it doesn't surprise me because rugby league has always been a sport like that. Um, you know, we, we do some really, really great things and then we do some really, really dumb things. Um, and it's the dumb things that kind of get picked up on. It's the dumb things that everyone shouts about. Rather than being the other way round, where we should be shouting about the good things, the real good things. You've got your cynics. You've got your people that, you know, don't like stuff like expansion. I'm, I mean, I'm a big expansionist, real big expansionist. Love it. Come from an expansionist area, like I say, from Newcastle. Played in Sheffield, a little bit of an expansionist area, I suppose. Um, you know, a little bit outside the heartlands. Obviously, still Yorkshire, but you, you know what I'm saying. Nottingham, definitely definitely an expansionist area um and like i say i I'm, I'm a big big believer in that but for some reason people aren't so that was kind of the first thing i wanted to start talking about in episode one is expansion if you don't like expansion please keep listening because i think i'm going to touch on a few points that you're gonna probably disagree with but you've got to listen to the reasoning and and try and kind of understand where i'm coming from so, right now, there is no 
bigger expansion team. No bigger definition of the word expansion team than Toronto Wolfpack. A lot of people hearing about Toronto, a lot of people have got their opinions about Toronto. Me, I'm a huge Toronto fan. Huge Toronto fan. I think what they're doing is great. I think, don't get me wrong, they can improve things. But when you've been put into a, a league as the let's let's be fair, let's 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 just start at the beginning. So you've been put in to League One, okay? Of the professional league system in Great Britain or in the UK. In Europe, okay? In Europe. So you get put in as the first ever transatlantic professional team. Full stop. Period. Done. First ever. Now let's just take a minute and think about that. There is no other team in any other sport that has done this, that has been successful at this, that can do this right now. I mean, I'm I'm a huge NFL fan, big Carolina uh, Panthers fan, big shout out to the Panthers. Um, this point this week, obviously, um, against the Falcons, uh, won't dwell on that too much and won't dwell on Ron Rivera too much either. Um, shout out to big Ron. Um, but in the NFL, there's been so much talk about a London franchise. Okay, so they want to be that transatlantic team, whether it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, whether it's you know, a brand new franchise, whether it's the Buffalo Bills, whoever it is that they bring over here, that is going to be huge news. Okay, but let's go back to Toronto. So Toronto is the biggest, sorry, the first transatlantic team ever in any sport. So credit to them for that. Credit them to them for that because they've gone out of their way. They've put in kind of all the hard work to get to the point that they were at in there. All right, year one, they walked through League One. Walked through League One. Like, I mean, you're talking some big, big scores. I've been, you know, unfortunately involved in in times at, at, at Gates of Thunder, kind of the darker times at Gates of Thunder, um, when we, you know, kind of the first grade was, was you know, dropping out some big points. 132-0 against Blackpool. If anyone remembers them, Blackpool Panthers. Um, yeah, that, that was tough times. I mean, obviously, big difference now. Um, and again, another thing I want to do in a few weeks' time is, is talk about Newcastle, what is now Newcastle Thunder. I think they're doing some great things up there. Shout out to them as well. Um, and I think, you know, for me, it's... Um, so, like I say, they, 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 they did a lot of things, did Toronto. A lot of big scores, kind of people criticising them for that. But the, the, the big thing that I thought was important was how many fans they got at those games. So they were getting more fans at those games in League One than some of the Super League teams were getting. So that just shows how much promotion they've done, shows how much kind of marketing they've done. And hats off to them for that, you know. And I think um, I think there's some, some teams could do that, some teams could really work on that. And I, I remember as they were going through the leagues, I mean, I think York were really big on when Toronto came to town. And that's what we've got to be doing. We've got to promote our game. You know, Toronto was the team to be playing. And in Toronto, Toronto was the team that people were going to see. You know, you weren't getting huge away crowds going over to Toronto, but you were getting big crowds in Toronto. 
And I think the the flip side of that as well, people criticise and saying, you know, there's not enough Toronto fans going to the games in the UK. I'd probably question that. Not necessarily the amount of fans from Toronto, but kind of the, the draw that it brings for fans. So the draw that it brings for fans um, in the local areas, in, you know, like I say, in your Yorks, in your Newcastles, in your Sheffields, your Doncasters, places like that, proper working class towns that play proper rugby league. And you are getting big crowds there because this new boys turned up and they're playing some good footy. Let's be fair, they are playing some good footy. But people want to be involved. People want to know. People want to learn. People, people are intrigued by what's happening. Okay, So that's my, my first point about Toronto. That's the first thing. Moving on, they, obviously they go up into championship. And then, uh, you know, walk through championship. Um, I say walk through championship, took them two, two goes at it. And again, credit to, to London Broncos. Again, another side that, that I think have real potential, you know, had some real tough times in the past. Um, I think they've got a great setup now and they've got some real, real potential. Um, but yeah, so obviously they, they lost in that game. This year, of course, the big criticism people were saying was, they've won they've won and got into Super League so they've beaten Featherston you know no disrespect to Featherston Rovers I think again they're a great side um, I spent a little bit of time working um, when I was at university at, at Wakefield Trinity a fantastic club and did a lot of stuff with their academy uh, with a guy called John Kane um, and did a little bit of filming for them guys when we played over at Featherston and again Featherston great setup. You know, great setup of, of, of kind of club, but again, it's, and again, don't take this the wrong way, but it is a smaller town, proper traditional rugby league town. Don't get me wrong, uh, but like I say, obviously Toronto for the, for me anyway, for the greater kind of good of the game, won that game and got into Super League. So to take a team, and go one year, two year, three year Super League. That's big. And yeah, people, you know, sort of criticising, saying, you know, they shouldn't be there in the first place, this, that, and the other. But why? for me, why? Why shouldn't they be there in the first place? They're there. They're there by credit. They're there by merit. Let's, let's be honest. They are there by merit. Okay, they've got some more money. But that's not stopping these other teams having money. It's just, if you had, I don't know, a, a millionaire that comes into Batley Bulldogs and pumps in a load of money and they make it to Super League, are people going to complain about that? No, of course they're not because Batley Bulldogs are a traditional rugby league team. Big fan of the Batley Bulldogs, to be fair. Um, really good read on that is, um, is the book that came out about them. Um, I will put a little link when I post this about that. Um, but yeah, for me, it's the criticism that I find quite amusing almost. Um and now people are obviously trying to, I suppose, jump a little bit on the bandwagon in terms of New York Rugby League, Ottawa, Stags, um, as they are more than likely going to be called. People saying they should go into Championship or Super League straight away, I disagree with that. Hands down, I disagree with that. I think they need to go the Toronto way, they need to start at the bottom and work up. Because that is why Toronto are now in Super League. They've done it on merit. They haven't done it because they've been put in there. Obviously, the Catlands Dragons were put in there. 
and for a couple of years, um, obviously had exemption from relegation, but now after sort of 10 years, a little bit longer, they are starting to come to fruition. Uh, obviously, big win in the Challenge Cup, which I'm going to come on to later, um, because there's just some bizarre things with the Challenge Cup, which I don't really agree with, um, but never mind. Now, talking about Toronto, let's talk about the elephant in the room, Sonny Bill Williams, S. B W. The biggest name, hands down, the biggest name in rugby right now. And I don't just mean rugby league, I mean rugby. Rugby league, rugby union, both codes. He is the biggest name right now. And rightly so, that guy is huge. That guy is talented. That guy is massive. I would not want to tackle that guy. He seems like a great guy off the pitch, seems like a great guy on the pitch. And he is the bums-on-seat kind of guy, you know. And, and that's exactly what this sport needs. So when they come out and they say they're paying him $10 million over two years, $10 million, that's a huge biblical amount of money. Nowhere near the amount of money certain footballers get or soccer players get. So let's, let's not forget about that bit. So people criticise and saying that he's getting all this money from Toronto Let's remember that in soccer, I know it's a different sport, I know there's more money in that, but they are, there are people in that sport, tennis, Formula One, whatever it is, that are on huge amounts of money. So at $10 million, it's really not a huge amount of money in the grand scheme of things of sport. But with our sport, that is phenomenal, biblical. Now, I think it's actually a very clever move. So all right, it's going to cost them a lot of money. Okay, so it's going to cost them a lot of money to have Sonny Bill Williams go out there, play for two years. Will he play anymore? Don't know. How good will he be? In my opinion, phenomenal. Or at least let's hope he's going to be phenomenal. Let's look at the positives. But he will have what I describe or is what other people describe as the David Beckham factor or the David Beckham effect. You look at Major League Soccer right now. Major League Soccer is getting bigger year on year, month on month, week on week, day on day. And that is because of people like David Beckham. So David Beckham was the real, let's be fair, the real first proper soccer player to go out, play for LA Galaxy and put them on the map. He's put that league on the map. And now you've got teams that want to be in there. You want a team, you've got teams that want to pay money to be in there. That's where we need to get to with rugby league. So I think Sonny Bill Williams will have that David Beckham factor. Okay, so he will come over, you will get people traveling from the US, you will get people traveling from Canada, other parts of Canada, I should say, to Toronto to go and watch Sonny Bill Williams. The other side of that is they need to win as well. So if they're winning at home, let's forget about away from home at the minute, but if they're winning at home, then yes, they need to be on it, they need to be winning games. They need to use their home field as an advantage. They need to make that into a fortress because the only way they're going to kind of keep the crowds up and keep that um, snowball effect going is winning. So you've got Sonny Bill Williams on the, on the roster. You've got, you know, that snowball effect of, of winning at home. That's going to be good. That's going to be really good. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a huge Hull FC fan, uh, season ticket holder. Don't hold it against me. But I will be at week one when Hull play Leeds Rhinos at Headingley. But one of the main reasons I'm going 
is to actually watch the Toronto against Castleford game. I'm going to watch Sonny Bill Williams. I'm going to go and support Toronto Wolfpack. Obviously, I'm going to support Hull FC in our game and, you know, hope we win. And I think we've got a fantastic, fantastic team this year. Um, you know, really, really excited for this year for, uh, for Hull FC. But yeah, for me, Toronto Wolfpack, um, they need to win game one. They really need to win game one um, and then take it from there. And, and that leads me nicely on to one of the things I wanted to talk about, and that's double headers. There's a lot of double headers this year. Um, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I think, you know, week one, like I say, obviously, Casford Toronto leads against Hull. Huge, huge, you know, if, if Sky Sports can get on board with that, um, you know, show both games, fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's 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 really good. And then you know you've got big things like I know again Toronto. Um, they're playing in a doubleheader with with London Scholars in their game, at Allianz uh, Park. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's called Allianz Park, home of Saracens. Um, so you know I've I uh, I had a trial down at London Scholars, and and they're a really really good team, uh, really good kind of culture there, really good club. Um, their facilities when I was there. Um, They've improved. Trust me, they've improved since I was there. Um, you know, I think they've got a 3G pitch now or a, it's kind of like an AstroTurf pitch now, um, which works really well. New River Stadium. But playing down at, um, you know, playing down at Allianz Park, playing at that kind of big ground, that'll be good. If they can get a good crowd down there for a Super League and a, and a League One game, you know, it's it's fantastic. Um but yeah, I like I say, double headers. I'm a big fan of. I know Leeds again are doing a couple of double headers with um, Catlin's Dragons and Toronto, uh, not Toronto, Toulouse. Um, don't quite agree with Toulouse not being at Summer Bash, but that's a different story altogether. Um, I think some teams need to kind of get off their high horse and, and get on board with the RFL, and I think that's kind of some of the criticism that 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 comes from from some players or some people in the game. You know, it's, you can't have one rule for one and one rule for the other. Um, so, yeah, double headers is, is really good. Um, you know, obviously the the big kind of thing that stemmed from double, that double headers have stemmed from, should I say, was Magic Weekend. I was there first Magic Weekend, um, Millennium Stadium, great weekend, great city, Cardiff is. And then obviously moved around a bit. Uh, did, didn't do Manchester, to be fair, but did do Scotland, Edinburgh. Wasn't a huge fan, no offence, but just didn't think it really worked up there. Didn't do Liverpool. Definitely did Newcastle. St James's Park is definitely the the place for Magic Weekend. You know, I, I'm all for moving it around. If it came to Nottingham, fantastic. I know people have been talking about that with Nottingham Forest Ground getting uh, refurbished. You know, Coventry, that kind of idea. Um, really, really big fan of that. But it's got to be right. You've got to get the right numbers there. It's got to be the right fixtures. Um, and I know that's tough for the for the RFL with the fixtures on that because you've got kind of people wanting derby games, you know, Hull FC against Hull Kingston Rovers, you know, Saints Wigan, that kind of idea. Um, and you've got other people that don't want all these derbies all through the year. So it's a double-edged sword for the RFL because people are complaining that, you know, the kind of nothing games, I suppose not nothing games because they're obviously they're league games, but nothing games in terms of rivalries and, and, and that kind of idea. Um, but again, glad day one and two 
Um, Hull and Toronto are playing on different days, so I can support and wear the right shirts on different days. Um, call me a cynic. Uh, but yeah, double headers. Real big fan of double headers. Uh, like it any more than double headers, and it starts to degrade the game a little bit because obviously you've got Magic Weekend, you've got Summer Bash. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think we need any more double headers, but I don't think we need any more than double headers. But I do think that certain things, for example, the grand final could be a double header. Um, with the women's grand final and the men's grand final, because I think that works really well. A little bit how the 1895 uh, Cup and the Challenge Cup were done. Um, you know, give give some other teams a chance to play in the big places. Um, so yeah, that's that's for me. Double headers, I like. I do like that. And you know, in the future, if we've got Ottawa, New York, Catalans, Dragons, Toulouse, you know, we've got a festival of double headers going on. Um, Toronto, Newcastle, up the Thunder. Um, you know, there's some real, real, real big things I can see happening in the future. Just talking about expansion teams, um, Catlands Dragons. So obviously Catlands, Dra Catlands Dragons won the Challenge Cup. Brilliant. Love it. I was over the moon when they won it. You know, the, the, the team to take it off my guys, my team, um, obviously after we won it two years in a row for them to win it. The next year, so this year, they then get asked to pay a £500,000 entry fee. Half a million pounds. Just in case they get to the final, just in case they get to the final, because obviously the RFL didn't make enough money. Half a million pounds, though. You're asking half a million pounds from teams like Toulouse, um, Catalans Dragons, uh, Toronto. I know, obviously, Red Star Belgrade were in. What do you do if Red Star Belgrade get to the, the final? Let's just, let's just pause and think about it. What do you do when Red Star Belgrade get to the final of the Challenge Cup? Yeah, all right, it's very, very highly unlikely. But if you're in it, you're in it to win it. So that whole farce of entry fees is an absolute nonsense. And to say that they're going to do it again this year is utter, utter rubbish. But on the flip side of that, I do think, and going back to what I was saying about Toulouse, I think these expansion teams, if you want to be in the RFL pyramid, you need to be in the RFL competitions. So you can't, you shouldn't choose not to be in the Challenge Cup. You shouldn't choose not to be in the 1895 Cup. You shouldn't choose not to be in whatever cup it is. You should be told you must compete in these competitions because why is it fair for teams that are competing in these competitions to be put at a disadvantage purely because they're playing more games than some of the other teams? I mean, I know there are logistical problems in terms of the 1895 Cup, for example, midweek games, etc., etc. But we've got to work around that. I don't have the answers for that. I definitely don't have the answers for that, especially when it comes to teams like New York, Ottawa, you know, midweek games. Tough, 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 tough. Um, so, yeah, I don't have the answers for that. If you guys have the answers for that, please tell me. Um, but tell me in secret. We'll do it together and make a lot of money. Um, but no, yeah, I, I think the entry fee for the Challenge Cup is a farce. I think it's absolute nonsense, absolute ludicrous and should be scrapped it isn't their fault if they get to the final 
And what I mean by that is it isn't their fault that the Rugby Football League hasn't sold enough tickets. You you need to look at kind of the, the pricing structure on some of these tickets. So obviously they, they try and market it that you're going to get cheaper tickets the earlier you buy. But obviously a lot of people buy later to see if their team's going to be there. A lot of people just want to... Um, just want to be there for the for the you know the atmosphere and everything like that, and I think that's great because I think the the Challenge Cup at Wembley is a fantastic op- uh, fantastic um, event. If you get the opportunity to go, go, it's phenomenal. Um, I love it. Obviously, I you know I went when uh, when we beat Wigan, missed the year before against Warrington, sat in the Wigan end, had zero problems whatsoever as you'd anticipate with rugby league. Um, some real good banter. No one cared that I was cheering for LFC and they were cheering for Wigan. Um, a few beers. Yeah, really good. Really good. The uh, reason I sat in that end was I left it too late to get my tickets for the whole end. Um, silly me. So, moral of the story, buy tickets early and have faith in your team. Um, but, yeah, I, I think no one should apologise for getting to the, to, the, um, to the Challenge Cup final or the Grand Final because, ultimately, if you're there, you're there, you're there on merit. And like I said, the, the pricing structure on some of the tickets is just ludicrous. You know, I appreciate they've got to make money, they've got to pay their overheads, etc., etc. But there's making money and there's being greedy. I mean, I went a couple of years ago when um, New Zealand played England at the KCOM. And like I say, I'm a, a season pass holder at Hull FC. And my, my season pass, to have my seat that my season pass is... Um, it's in the East Stand, so for those guys that don't know the KCOM or the KC, whatever you want to call it, um, the East Stand is the um, the stand that runs down the sideline, not the big two-tier one, the one on the other side where a lot of, or majority of home fans sit. To have a ticket there for one game was £40. £40. I mean, they wonder why they, don't, they didn't sell that out. £40. Um... We sat, me, my mum, my dad, uh, I think it was £25 a ticket. Um, we sat on the corner. Um, really good seats, to be fair. You know, enjoyed it. But the only difference I could see between our seats and the £40 seats were you got a little uh, paper England flag. It's an expensive flag, ladies and gentlemen. A very expensive flag. So let's, let's like I say, Challenge Cup, scrap the entry fee. Utterly ridiculous. Get your pricing right on your tickets. And, you know, you're always going to sell more tickets if kind of the bigger teams are there, Hull FC, St. Helens, Wigan, Leeds, Rhinos, whatever it is. Um, your smaller teams, obviously, if they're there, you need to, you just need to market the tickets better. You need to market it better in London itself. It needs to be an event that people in London want to go to. But that's just me. That's just me. Um... So yeah, like I say, that's that's an utter utter nonsense. Um, the last thing I really want to talk about in this week's podcast, um, and I know it's a little kind of sort of time gone and a lot of times passed, and people are still trying to get over what's happened and kind of pick up the pieces and move on. Um, but the GB Lions tour. So the GB. Lions tour this year over to New Zealand, two tests against the Kiwis, um, a test against Tonga and a test against Papua New Guinea. Um, 
on paper looks a great great setup some great stadiums love the fact that they've gone over to Papua New Guinea to play a test um, people hanging from the trees um, in Papua New Guinea is a religion out there a religion now for me the, the GB Lions tour at the start of the year I was really hyped for it because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big GB believer I'm a big GB fan um, actually prefer GB to England um, I think but I do think that England serves its purpose in terms of the World Cup etc because I do think it should be England, Scotland, Wales and Ireland at the World Cup in terms of tours down under and that kind of idea it does need to be the Lions and people need to get on board with it being the red, white and blue but you need to have people from the other nations and not necessarily just because they sh- you know, they're from another nation they should be there on merit okay so if they're up there on merit, for example, Regan Grace, he, he's phenomenal. He's a great winger. St. Helens, if you don't know him, get to know him. If you don't know him, if you've been living under a rock, if you've been watching rugby league, um, he is lightning. He's lightning fast. And he should have been on that GB tour. And he's a, a true representative of Wales, a Welsh national Um not just a heritage player, an actual Welsh national. So, yeah, when it comes to the GB tour, you need to have a mix of players. You need to have the right players on the tour. I don't think he had the right players on the tour. That's just my opinion. I don't mind Wayne Bennett. And I think a lot of people have changed the tune ever since, you know, obviously he took England to the World Cup final. The closest that we've been in, I don't know how long, um, to winning that tournament. And people thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. Um, But time is short. You come to this year to the GB Tour and people want his head. Um, They they want him gone. You know, who I'd put in there... I've got a good idea of who I'd put in there. Um, Do I think Wayne's had his time? Potentially. Um, but I think only time will tell in terms of what the RFL do, but they've got to put in the right guy and they've got to put in the right structure. So that, that GB tour had the potential, like I say, at the start of the year I was hyped, had the potential to be one of the biggest sporting events going, um, shot themselves in the foot a little bit by making games on the same time as the Rugby Union World Cup, but that's rugby league all over, um, you know, typical rugby league. But if we'd thought about that a little bit more, we, we, we could have done better with that. Um, obviously, all this coming at a time when SBW or Sunnyville is talking about coming over to Toronto. So it did draw a little bit of attention in, back into Rugby League, which was good. Um, but yeah, I thought, like I say, beginning of the year, hyped for the tour, kit reveal, great. Um, thought that they could have launched stuff like being bigger on social media. So social media for me is a huge platform. It's what everyone's looking at at the minute. Um, it's the in thing. It's the on-trend thing. It's whatever you want to call it. But when it came to that, England Rugby League have their own Twitter page. Okay, Scotland Rugby League, Wales Rugby League, Ireland Rugby League have their own Twitter pages. Great Britain Rugby League does not. So I think they, they kind of made a mistake there by trying to make the RFL page into the GB Lions uh, Twitter page. They should have had hands down uh, standalone GB Lions 
Great Britain Rugby League Twitter page, Instagram page, um, everything like that. Solely focused on that. Build the hype. Show a bit of promotion into it. Um, everyone's pointed in that direction. Super League points in that right direction. Championship points in that direction. The RFL, England Rugby League, Scotland Rugby League, all points to this one page. And then you 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 know you kind of build a bit more kind of atmosphere, a bit more um, a bit more to it. In fairness, um, however, in terms of like I say, apologies if you can hear that snoring. That is that is awful. Um, in in terms of the actual tour itself, it was a shocker, an absolute shocker. Tonga, fantastic side, and I think it was huge when Tonga beat them. Um, you know, great for Tonga Rugby League. Um, really shown as one of the powerhouses, and I genuinely think they are a top four team in the world right now. Tonga, they are a great side. Obviously, I know they've had a few political issues, which I don't want to touch on in this podcast. But in terms of the Tonga Invitational side we'll call it, which is what it was called, um, or as I like to call it, Tonga, um, I thought they did really well, really, really well. Um, the two tests against New Zealand, the first test was a good test, the second test was poor, I thought um, we'd really kind of ruined it for ourselves, really kind of ruined the publicity, it's all over the Beeb or the BBC, um, and we just didn't perform, we just didn't we just weren't there. And then to lose to Papua New Guinea, no disrespect to Papua New Guinea whatsoever. Um, but when you've got a combined Lions team and they're trying to be the best team in the world ahead of Australia, New Zealand, Tonga, England to a certain extent, if that makes sense, um, and they lose to a team that is a lot lower down in the rankings, it's a shit show. It's not good at all. Um, and I think that the, the, the GB lines need to stay, they need to be there, but they need to have the right structure. It needs to be, it can't just be kind of some haphazard put together thing. And that's why I said about Tonga, the, the Tonga game, I can forgive. I can actually forgive the Tonga game because Tonga beat Australia and Australia are the num the number one side in rugby league have been for God knows how long, but for them to be Australia then beat GB, I'm okay with that, or as okay as he can be. New Zealand, okay, we should have won one game, potentially lost one game, 1-1, one, one, I can take that, but losing to Papua New Guinea, PNG, no, I'm not happy with that. Um, But, you know, where do we go from here? I think, like I say, change of coach for me is probably the right thing, change, not necessarily just coach, but coaching staff. We've got to get some British coaches in there, Still a fan of having Australian influence in there, don't get me wrong. Because, like I said, they're on the number one side. So why wouldn't you? But I think someone like... This is going to cause a bit of controversy, but someone like Dennis Betts. Dennis Betts could be in there, um, you know, alongside your Sean Waynes. Um, get Brian Noble back on board. You know, Brian Noble's doing a great job at Toronto. Um, not necessarily as a coach, but obviously he's, he's quite a mentor up there. Um, Dennis Betts, again, not a coach at Newcastle Thunder, but a mentor up there, a director of rugby. Um, you know, you put those two guys together as two kind of directors of rugby. Um, you know, obviously the RFL are big fans of Kevin Sinfield. Um, you know, you put those kind of guys in there. Danny Ward did a great job with with um, 
Obviously, with the London Broncos, I think Ian Watson at Salford, phenomenal coach with kind of the guys that he had at his disposal, phenomenal coach. So it's whether you have, I don't know, Danny Ward in it, assistant coach. Um, like I say, Betts and Brian Noble in is kind of those supporting roles alongside Sinfield and Watson. For me, Watson, um, Ian Watson as that GB coach would be would be great. Um, but yeah, hey, that's that's just me. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this one. Um, that has been my two cents this week. Let me know what you want me to talk about in two weeks' time. Um, I've got a few ideas. I'll post some things on social media. Um, if you want in, hit me up. If you want to be on the podcast, hit me up. Um, you know, I'm talking international. If you want to fly me out to America or Australia, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, but no, in all seriousness, really want to get your guys' ideas. Really want to, you know, let me know what you want to hear about. Give us a follow on social media. Um, currently, as I sit talking to you now, uh, we have launched Instagram at Outlawed RL Podcast, O-U-T-L-A-W-E-D-R-L Podcast, Outlawed Podcast. Um, we will be having a Facebook page um, and we will be having a Twitter page as well. So like I say, hit us up, give us a follow, retweet, post, repost, you know, um, I'll put the link obviously online, have a listen. If you liked it, guys, let me know. If you want something different, let me know. Um, but like I say, I've been Mark. Enjoy your beer. Get on board. The Outlaw Rugby League Podcast. Cheers, guys.